0: All right, welcome to the Iron Bowl edition of Houndstooth Heroes, brought to you by Druid City Brewing Company. I'm Greg, and he is Ellis, and we are coming to you live and drunk. Well, I am from Nashville, Tennessee, Santa Fe, New Mexico, where there are white out conditions. And I don't mean a pile of cocaine this time. You can find us on the website at h 2 or on Twitter, h 2 Heroes, or maybe Facebook, where they sell your identity. I'm not entirely sure what's in your glass on this Thanksgiving Eve, Messi.
1: Gregory, I have traveled for the holidays, so the answer to your question is literally anything I can get my hands on. Uh, As I try try to think back, there has been red wine. There has been bourbon minis, which, by the way, very expensive. Really? Very expensive to get nice bourbon in a miniature bottle. Uh, There was a random beer I found on the curb, and I think at some point some peyote jumped into the fray. Uh, That's what I got. How about you?
0: Uh, Bourbon cider. Let me tell you about this. If you're not aficionado or enthusiast of, of bourbon cider, you should be. Here's what you do. Go to the store. Get you some apple cider. Put it in a pan with some cloves and some cinnamon sticks and, and, frankly, boil it. Get it till it's really hot because when you boil it, it sort of reduces down and makes the apple flavors more intense. Then, friends, you pour it over your bourbon of choice and, boy, howdy, there's nothing better on a cold winter night.
1: Wow. I uh there's there's nothing I love more than some intense apple flavors. So, oh, oh. thank you for that tip. All right. All right. You you introduce this as the honorable Edition, which it certainly is, but before we get there, there are two things that I want to address. Number one, Tua, number two, the playoff. Let's start with Tua. Gregory, I want to know what are his plans? So, he's got 6 to 9 months now. We we took a week off from podcasting for a morning period right. to, uh, for both of us to sort of process this and come to terms with what we've witnessed uh, six to nine months now before he can really even return to football-related activity. You tell me what's next.
0: Uh, that's the thing. Like a dumbass, he did not get draft insurance because that is a thing that is available, and I did not know that. And I, frankly, I don't know why I didn't get into that line of work.
1: But nevertheless, he did not. And so, what? Right, go ahead. I want to. I want to just defend him quickly because I also went through college. I paid for draft insurance all four years and ended up never using it. So I sort of, I sort of see. What he's I see
0: your point. From. I totally see your point. But nevertheless, he did not. And like you, he did not acquire, acquire draft insurance. So the first or second pick in the draft and all that money suddenly falls to what, I don't even know where he's projected now. Um, but, you know, there's a hierarchy in the NFL of, you know, your first round, your first, your first pick gets this, your second pick gets that. I mean, it's not like just some random amount. It's very set in stone about what these dudes are going to get. Um, and then if it's, if he falls out of the first round, uh, the money drops off substantially. So my question is, and it's a stupid question, the answer is no, but at the same time, it kind of makes sense. Does he consider coming back? I mean, if you, you you can make up the tens of millions of dollars if you do come back. So is that something that he would or should consider? I mean, obviously the answer is no, but at the same time, dude, you're losing a shit ton of money. What do you think? Uh,
1: There's a lot of options for him here. And one of the blogosphere websites, I cannot recall which one, interviewed a lot of experts on this, much smarter than me. They had the Gil Brands of the world. And uh, a lot of them said he will go first round. But, you know, whereas once he was a top three pick, now he may go toward middle. Late first round. There is a a part of me that is perversely obsessed, by the way, with him uh, getting drafted by the Patriots and, and picking up for Brady in another year or two. I don't know why I love that idea so much. I think I just want to see Tua win. Uh, but I think I think that's an option. What I really think makes a lot of sense, and this was mentioned in that article, is looking at the supplemental draft this summer. Uh, so you can enter that if you have some sort of hardship that you can right. Uh, and so that would go in June, perhaps. And teams, I think, would have a much better idea of what his capabilities are, what his recovery looks like by that point, than they will in April. I think he would stick around in Tuscaloosa, work out with the team, hang out with the coaches, but we would never see him again.
0: Well, and that's and that's, I guess, your point is correct on potentially sub draft because no NFL team, you know, last year he had a high ankle sprain this year. He had a high ankle sprain managed to break his nose. uh, uh, His hip just went to hell. I mean, as we said, he is made of the finest Irish sports one. So if I'm an NFL team, I I'm not just going to draft this dude on a hope and a prayer in the first round. Um, I want to see what he can do before I'm going to, um, you know spend tens of millions of dollars on this kid
1: I, I think that's exactly right there's nothing that he's done that makes me think he can sustain even an entire NFL game no. let no. alone a season so I do think you know progressively through the year even before this hip injury his draft stock was slowly lowering and uh, this would be a huge red flag for me
0: fair enough um and you mentioned the playoff uh, I still think we're screwed other people don't um as I've said If you schedule Duke to start your year, thanks, Bill Battle, you can't lose to LSU at home. You could do one or the other, but not both, and we did both. So assuming everybody in the top three wins out, I think that's a pretty fair uh, assumption. I think Utah... Or the Big 12 champion will jump over us. You know, Utah could lose to Oregon, so they they could be out. But the Big 12, one of those two teams, either Baylor or Oklahoma, is going to win. Um, I know Utah's schedule is trash, but it's only marginally worse than ours. Meanwhile, both Baylor and Oklahoma have a lot more, a lot better wins than we do. And the committee jumped Baylor up so much this week. You got to think they did that. To give themselves an avenue to jump Alabama if Baylor beats Oklahoma, uh, what do you think? I mean, and, and I, I say this because there are other people who say I don't care, we're getting in. Um, and I'm, I am. We'll get into it later. It may be a beauty contest about who can beat Auburn the most. But nevertheless, what do you think?
1: I think the committee has played their cards very well thus far. Uh, it, it has left open the possibility for Alabama to sneak in, or like you said, Baylor Oklahoma. Um, and and leaves a lot to be determined over the last two weeks. Uh, There are a couple interesting things, and I was going to get to this point earlier, but why not bring it up now? I think the fact that Alabama didn't have a single finalist for the Balitnikov Award, the best receiver in the country, when we should have had at least two, if not like four or five finalists for that award, shows a lot of Bama fatigue creeping into a real level. You know, it's always existed, but it's sort of the machines have still have still gone to the map for us. The committee still voted us in. But at, I, at this point, I have to wonder if the powers that be are just tired of letting us in. Um, I think if we beat Auburn, there's a very, very good chance we're in. But then there's also this point of, do I really want us in? Oh,
0: God, no. Oh, if we're a, if we get in and we're a four and we play Ohio State, they're going to beat the pants off us.
1: We will absolutely get stomped. It is nice to be able to say we've never missed a playoff.
0: Uh, uh-uh. I, I don't I don't want that. We've no, I mean, outside, we cannot I mean, at some point we got into the playoff a lot because of the benefit of the doubt. We would show up and we were either going to win it or we're going to get, you know, damn close to winning it, but we cannot be embarrassed two years in a row and still get the benefit of the doubt going forward. So if, you know, I, frankly, if we're, I I don't mind playing LSU again, I'm totally cool with that. Um, We've talked, we talked about this in the, when the, after the LSU game, To a two thing, you know, to a drop the ball, and the punter just like apparently forgot the ball was coming. So outside of those two things, we're in that game. I I don't think LSU, definitely they outplayed us the first half. They didn't in the second. I would have no problem taking on LSU again. I have no interest in being a part being you know Ohio State's you know weekly you know you know. Food that they're going to eat um, because that's kind of what it's going to look like. So if it's LSU, I don't mind being four um, and getting to the final and losing to Ohio State. I, I still I don't want to be. I'd rather not be embarrassed two years in a row. But nevertheless, we did beat one of those teams if if that came to happen. Uh, but my point is, what we can't do is have Ohio State number one and lose by 28 again because then going forward to next year when it's iffy. We don't get the benefit of the doubt on the Effie anymore because this team keeps getting blown out.
1: Yeah, I think that's right. And and the more I think about our options for the postseason, the bleaker the situation gets because I think two probably the two most likely options are getting blown out in the first round by Ohio State or going to the sugar bowl and getting blown out by Oklahoma. Neither of those sound any fun.
0: No, give look, dude, after all that we've happened, all that's happened. Give me like a low key Orange Bowl against Virginia Tech or something. I don't care. I want. I'll take just, Oregon. Yeah, fine. Just give me something that's not on the national spotlight that that reporters aren't just salivating over watching. I just want to go to a little game and like a little Orange Bowl or something, and maybe win, maybe lose. But who the hell cares? Let's move on to next year because this one has been a disaster.
1: Do you, ever, do you ever think we'd miss those Independence Bowl days? Oh, man. I know. I know. <laughs> anyway. All right. Moving on. Yeah. All
0: right. So looking back, Utah took down Western Carolina 66-3, to which resulted in 69 total football points. That's nice. Yes. Mac Jones was a starter. But what can you take away from this game about his performance? So I ask you, Maxine, what can you take away from him from this performance in this game?
1: mean, frankly, it was just a really nice move to get us to 69 points. That was solid, yeah. To quote the original Gump, that's all I have to say about okay. that. OK. Uh, I, I will add on, I thought he and Devontae seemed to have a nice chemistry, which is encouraging. Uh, but this is where I was going to say that it's still a national embarrassment that Devontae Smith or Jerry Judy are not finalists for the Blitnikoff Award. I'm not going to get riled right up again. It's too much. Fair enough. Um,
0: uh, all right, so I'm gonna get this out of the way. We are done with Ask a Hero. Done. We are tired of begging you people, tired of it. So, anyway, you want to do the bit? Did you prepare the bit? What about
1: the bit? Oh, yeah, yeah, Gregory, you know, I prepared the bit. Obviously, I always prepare the bit. The bit I think you're referring to is the hottest take that you will hear during this arbitrary time period. Uh, which has included such greats as Jalen Waddle to win the Heisman. And really, I'm pretty sure that's the only hot take I can remember here. T- today's bit, I've got to, I'm going to deliver it calmly. And I've taken two weeks to think this through. And I know that there's still a large, large percentage of our fan base, uh, which disagrees with me here. And frankly, could very well be in the right. But I think here's here's my take the Tua injury should mar everything Saban has done over his career. I think the picture of Tua riding off in the car with a trainer's arms around him, blood gushing from his nose, and just looking totally lost, I, I think that should be one of. I mean, there are obviously many images of Saban holding trophies and jumping into players' arms. I think alongside those deserves Tua. I think there was far too much context both in his career and in that game, to put to an up by basically five touchdowns, uh, I think he needs to own that one.
0: Okay, you're wrong. That, but yet yeah, that was still spectacular. People will look back on that as the high point of all of our podcasts, anyway. So, uh, what, what I do want to know because this is a Thanksgiving Eve. So, what I'd like to know from you. What are you thankful
1: for, Val? Gregory, that's a nice question. Uh, The answer is not much. Mm -hmm. But as I think about it, number one is you. I'm thankful for you. You have played a role in my life that you will never comprehend, but I appreciate it daily. Thank you. Two two is just a shout out to the listeners. And yes, of course, listener Fred. Mm -hmm. But... Along the way, there have been many listeners who we have enjoyed bantering with, who we have really appreciated hearing from, both both positive and negative feedback alike. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, as I think of names, there's listener Lee, there's listener Zach, there's listener Charlie, there's a whole list. Listener Hunter, I, I could keep going, uh, but I'm I'm grateful for the people who have stuck with this god awful podcast. I think you all have. Uh, undiagnosed issues that I hope you will address either today or in the days to come. Um, but but just thank you for what you've done. And also joggers. Thankful for joggers, Barry. It's It's, uh, I, you know, I'm new to this. It's 2019, somehow I've just discovered the jogger game, but uh, they make you feel sporty. They make you feel comfortable. They make you feel like a better person. And I, for one, plan to wear nothing but joggers for the next five days. So you've given up? No, see, that's the thing. If these were sweatpants we're talking about, yes, I've given up. These are joggers. They're a little like the the ankle cut is a little higher. I think the groinal cut is a little lower. And it's a, it's a world of difference I gotta tell you are you, show, are you just like showing off a package? What's going on? No, it's like a, it's like you're sagging oh. In high waters But it's all very athletic Very sporty I can't stress the sportiness enough Are you thankful for anything, Gregory?
0: Yes, I am I'm thankful for a number of things I'll echo all the things that you said and Especially uh, being thankful for you Because you just don't know uh, but I will echo your, uh, comments about the listers cause God knows why you do it, but thank you for staying with us. Um, and we may have some changes coming soon. Good changes. Not bad. Uh, but we'll talk about that later. Uh, let's see. I'm thankful uh, that I have really good hair. Yes. Really, really good hair. You have no idea. y'all. um, But, uh, so, again, thankful for the listeners, listener Fred in particular, listener Sophia. uh, Thank you for bringing the child into the world because it it means everything to me. So, uh, anyway, let's get on from the sappy portion of the podcast and take a look at the Iron Bowl, shall we? Give me some takes, Mandy.
1: Man, we were thankful for the listeners, and they have all given up after that sap. Uh, All right, takes you requested, and takes I got them. I think the focus for the Aaron Bowl has to be Mac Jones, right? And can he handle the spotlight of the biggest game of his life in the voodoo barn itself? Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. He doesn't exactly have to do the work. Uh, for starters, the Auburn defensive front is fantastic, as has been well-documented. Uh, Derek Brown, who we will mention by name, has been a great father to his children and stands alone in that aspect uh, as far as, as far as Auburn football. some have not. I'm not going to name names here. We won't, we won't name a name, but some have not there. Uh, but, but here's the thing. All it is going to take is a wee bit of success on the ground. Florida was able to run for four carry for four yards per carry. LSU did that. Georgia was at 3.9. And that's that just enough to get a little bit of control against a team that has to own their downs to get its defense off the field. Uh, This isn't all that hard. Auburn is going to load the box to stop Najee and and whoever we put in, Brian or others. Um, So Mac isn't going to have to throw bombs. He doesn't have to be Tua. He just has to get the ball out of his hands to the elite receivers he has and let them do the rest. Uh, That part is made easier by the fact that Najee has absolutely caught fire at the right time. He has nine touchdowns in his last five games. I thought that was a typo. Uh, I went back, did the math. Took me about twenty minutes, but confirmed how ultimately. How dare you? I, I, how dare you doubt
0: my outline?
1: You don't understand how.
0: I do me. no crap. What do you? What do you do? You
1: just look at it and judge. There was listen. There was a whiteboard, a chalkboard, a calculator, an abacus. I pulled them all out just because the math did was, not add up. Who was
0: right? Who
1: was right? Obviously, you were right, Gregory. Obviously, Thank right. You Shame is. on me for judging. Anyway. Not took over in the second half of the loss to LSU. He's made plays as a receiver and he's had a light enough load throughout the season that he can be a workhorse. We didn't see that with Henry at this point. We didn't see that with some others, Uh, but I think he still has it. And with this Bama line, if we can just keep hammering, 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 shout out to all you Titans fans who saw how it worked. uh, I think against Auburn, we'll be able to do it and we'll be able to control the clock, which will not be a bad thing uh, for a team. Used to lightning strikes uh, Lastly helping our cause Is a defense that may not be killer As in previous years but we have Proven that we can take the ball away in bunches And we've had two or more in seven Games so far so against the sovereign Offense that doesn't exactly light the World on fire and doesn't really Score a lot of points against decent defense uh, Just two takeaways might be Enough
0: Alright well <sighs> I hate to be the voice of doom and gloom, but that is my uh, aesthetic. Uh, Mac Jones got his scrimmages in against Arkansas and West Carolina, uh, completing like 28 of 34 passes, 510 yards, six touchdowns, no picks. That all sounds great. But this is going to be a wee bit different. Looking back at the Tennessee game, uh, he was a pedestrian, 6 of 11 for 72 yards. Uh, But we didn't push it all that much but he didn't lead the way in a lot of scoring drives against Mississippi State when Tua went to out, he did the same. Um, so strangely, Bo Nix is in a big game in the role of the crusty veteran. Uh, anyway, Auburn's true freshman uh, quarterback did struggle in the win over Oregon. He struggled and lost to Florida. He struggled in the loss to LSU, but in all three games, he kept pushing and he was able to come up with the clutch throw when it made the made the difference. And all those three games, uh, the Tigers were alive late, despite getting a rough outing from Bo Nix, who does not pay his child support, allegedly. Uh, but this isn't the Auburn offense under Gus Malzahn that many like. Uh, But the overall formula so far has been effective. They've won eight games. The the key here is they have not won nine because we have not gone into Jordan Hare and won nine against a nine-win Auburn team and won ever. So an eight-win team will take it. Um, Getting back to Bonin. In seven of his last nine games, the losses to Florida, to LSU, and the Outliers, he said 60% or more of his passes. Just as important – he threw a total of six picks against Oregon, Florida, and LSU, and none against anyone else. So uh, my opinion is he's settling into the job. He outplayed Jake Fromm in the Georgia game and coming up with a few terrific games against Ole Miss and Mississippi State. So now he gets to turn it loose because in this game, Auburn has nothing to lose here. So, you know, if my point has been he hasn't really – thrived against the good teams, but he has been effective enough for them to be a marginally decent offense. Uh, so if you get Gus doing weird Gus shit, uh, so, you know, you know, he's gonna like pull something out of the, the 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 trunk of his car that he ran in high school and who knows what can happen when the voodoo gets at play. Um defensively um, it's possible to throw on us. I'm Ryan Helensky or Helsinki or whomever was able to do it from South Carolina. So was Kellen Mond. Joe Burrow <coughs> – excuse me, I'm trying to die. Joe Burrow probably won the Heisman throwing for 393 yards and three scores against us. Uh, so Nick doesn't have to be special is my point. He just has to be okay, and his defense will do the rest. Those
1: are all good takes, Gregory. Um provided me with some horrific flashbacks, but here we are. Right. here um, we are. One final piece I want to put out there, two final pieces. Number one, does anybody call them O-picks? <laughs> uh, uh, Am I right? Am I yeah, right?
0: yeah. All right. Uh,
1: Thank you. Number two, is that style points matter, hashtag style points matter. It won't be enough to squeak by with just a solid you know, 16-13 road win over the arch rival. Alabama's going to have to make a statement in their final chance, and that means that they're going to have to win convincingly and keep their foot on the gas for a full 60 minutes if possible. Uh, we have to look the part, have to dominate, and I, I think if it's going to come close, even if the final score doesn't reflect it, we're going to be in trouble. Um, Auburn's defense has yet to allow more than 24 points on the year and it's not about to you know totally buckle now the rest of the Bama band will be, will rise up and be sharper without Tua available in the big moment I suspect that we'll see more personal, true pro style offense balanced offense uh the offensive line is, is projecting in the right direction so I think it'll be okay the running game's not going to go off but it'll be effective and Mac should keep a cold head I don't know that's that's a big should, but we'll see. If the defense is its normal, solid self on third downs, can stall some other drives, it'd be okay. Yeah,
0: I tend to agree. Um, I don't think this is going to be a show-out win that's going to be enough to push out Utah if it becomes the 12-1 and Pac-12 champ or even if it's 12-1 Big 12 champion. Uh, but it'll give the college football playoff committee something to think about, though, um, so, okay. Anyway, enough of the gloom and doom. Let's take a look at three Southeastern Conference games this week, any one of which could cause you to lose your trader. No, seriously, we are awful at this. But this week is different, Charlie Brown. Put, put your wagers in. We're going to do it good this time. First up, the Egg Bowl. Rebels rolling to Starkville as a three-point dog. Who are you hating, Mattsy? It
1: feels like an evenly matched game, And that means anything could happen. I do think the rebels are on a better trajectory right now than Mississippi State is. That said, I've watched I've watched a a half of Mississippi State football where they looked excellent. It was against LSU. Uh, They were stopping Joe Burrows and they were giving their defense all kinds of problems. I don't know if that's a fluke or if they can replicate that. I. think that they cannot in this game. I think I think Ole Miss just sort of had the psychological edge recently in the Egg Bowl. I think they pull it out. I'm going to hate a
0: dog here. Yeah, uh, I tend to agree. The wrong team is favored here. Ole Miss, even when they lost, they have held their own in every game. Uh, meanwhile, Moo looked disinterested and got blown out against common and similar op- opponents. John Rice Plumlee uh, is coming into his own as a running quarterback as well as a piano player. But nevertheless, uh, I
1: teach you all kinds of things in Jackson Prep.
0: Yeah. It, well, as it turns out, he's a grown from Hattiesburg, not Jackson Prep. I was wrong. <laughs> oh,
1: come on. Come on. We're, uh, we're oh, we're doing a podcast with Max now.
0: I know. I don't know what that's about. But nevertheless, uh, his feet accounted for two hundred moments well, is five hundred yards against LSU. So um, he is. Uh, if, if they can't control him, they're not going to beat Ole Miss, and I don't think they will. I like the rep straight up. I'm hating to move so much, but it's my hate of the week. End of the week. End
1: of the week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good take. All right, next up, uh, the weirdos from College Station. Marched to LSU in a rematch of last year's never-ending seven OT affair, and based on Coach O's statements this week, they have not forgotten. Uh, this would be an easy week for an LSU letdown, but with last year and with LSU being jumped on by, or being jumped by Ohio State in the playoff rankings, I think they have a point to make. And if LSU is anything, it is petty. Uh, Gregory, I will start and say. Do you have a line here?
0: 17 and a half. 17 and a half
1: points? That's what it is. My bad. It's okay. Uh, I'm glad I started by saying that. I I think I do expect a slight LSU letdown. They've been too good so far. And every national championship team, which I think they may be, you know, has to be tested at some point. And frankly, it's very rarely in a place you expect uh, so I think am could be the team that kind of catches them sleeping a little bit certainly don't think am wins this game but I think they hang around two touchdowns so I'll hate a tiger right,
0: yeah. I tend to really disagree um I hate the milkmen hard here for all the reasons you said uh, it's a rematch of the never-ending story uh, and they are geared up for this game if this were anyone else, and they did not have last year's uh, loss hanging hard on them, I would say, yeah, they, LSU is primed for a letdown, but I just don't think this is it. I think – and and frankly, a L- uh, and is looking better. Uh, I think a- A&M is going to be something to reckon with next year, but this ain't the year, and I'm really sure – that LSU is going to put a beating on A and M. Uh, not only I would take A I would take LSU at the line with twenty three, but at seventeen and a half, yeah, I, I'm hating the milkmen pretty hard on this one.
1: Yikes! Okay, well, I feel like an idiot. Well, while, while we're quickly on this before we get to the game in hand, I do want to give you a shout out for your pick last week on Vols over Mizzou. On your personal Twitter account at GBDawkins, you called that, I think, free money. It was, what's
0: that? Free money.
1: And and there it was, falls One Money line. So thank you for that because I, of course, followed your advice. And uh, for a day at least... Right, never
0: never do that. Never, ever do that.
1: No, just for this one day, it was nice to go to bed without wondering who (laughs) was going to be rapping on my window. Um, Quickly, while we're on that subject, Mizzou... 13-point favorites now against Arkansas. No idea where that game is. But I'm just shocked that anyone thinks Arkansas can hang within two touchdowns of an SEC team. So I want to be on the record hating the Hog. Hard. Yeah, I
0: hated it at 12. I'm not sure how I feel about it at 13. Um, so I, 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 it's it's one I would, I would fade that game completely. If, if, if it was still available at 12, I'd be all over it. But it's not, and you know, Arkansas is trash. And Missouri, look, if it's if it's in Columbia, I, like like you said, I have no idea where that damn game is. But if it's in Columbia, okay, I'm down. If it's in Fayetteville, uh, Missouri can't wouldn't couldn't beat you and me and nine friends uh, if it was if they had to travel out of Columbia. So uh, that depends on where it is. So I, I don't know that answer. But uh, it's armball time, my friend. Uh, you're tied. Travels to the plains is a three and a half point favorite. Who are you hating in this edition of the storied rivalry, pal?
1: Mm, I was hoping we could just get through the podcast. You wouldn't ask me that question, Gregory. Um, but but here we are. I don't know. A lot of storylines at play. Um, I, I, as mentioned, Derek Brown, who has been a respectable father figure, uh, sort of looms large over all this. And I think you know there's going to be this. Derek Brown, Mac Jones battle. But it's much bigger than that. And and it's a test of whether SAR and really our entire coaching staff can find a way to neutralize the impact that Auburn Front Seven has on the game. I think they can. And I think, I pray, I hope on all things holy that our own defensive backs are due. To show out it has been well over a year since we've seen just what i would call a rock solid performance from that group and i think this may be the game where that unit sort of comes together and shows why they were all you know 12 star recruits for whatever week at these days um i i'd like us to shut down bo nicks i like us to create some turnovers create some havoc i think We get it done in a low scoring affair. I think we can hold them to, you know, two touchdowns, um, maybe a couple of field goals because Auburn can kick a field goal for eternity. I'm going to call it your tide 24, barn 20. What did you have the line as? Three and a half? I say the tide cover. RTR, Gregory, tell me who you hate.
0: All right. Well, I've checked. I'm, I'm concerned about the defense. However, I have checked the Dave Matthews band tour schedule. I'm looking at it right now. They do not play again until February the 14th in Cancun. So with that in mind, I think Pete Golding may have his mind on the game. Uh, now, having said that, you beat Auburn by running straight at them and taking the occasional deep shot. I think we do that. And I think we're able to score the points. Um, not, you know, not 50 points like we're customary custom to. This is not Tua. This is Matt Jones. But on the other side of the field, I think Bo Nix will make enough mistakes to hand this game to Alabama. Um, for all the occasional drama in this game, the best team usually wins. And that, friends, this year, that is your tide. Uh, final score, your tide covers Alabama 31, the Auburn Tigers 19. And that will do it for another edition of Houndstooth Heroes. As we mentioned, happy Thanksgiving. I hope you have a great one. Remember, you can find us on houndstoothheroes.com, on Twitter at H Tooth Heroes. We are again thankful for Bo and Elliot, all the good folks at Drew City Brewing. Uh, FYI, if you don't have anywhere to go, on Thanksgiving, if you hate your family, if you don't want to be around them, or for whatever reason, you don't have anywhere to go, uh, Drew and Judy Brewing, as they would or want to do, I uh, have stepped up and they will provide you with a free Thanksgiving meal, uh, tomorrow, so, like I said, if you don't have anywhere to go, uh, Pop on down to the brewery. If you can bring a side, that's great, but it's absolutely not necessary. Uh, go enjoy some community with some fantastic folks. Uh, but anyway, we will hit you on with a bowl pod or a playoff pod or whatever the pod may be uh, whenever we know what our fate is. Anyway, uh, roll Todd and take us home, Betsy.
1: Yikes. And Gregory, I almost forgot to uh, to give our thanks to listener Petty, who has made some episodes of this pod slightly more listenable than we are able to do ourselves.
0: Okay, let's be clear. We have turned out some dog shit, and Ian Petty has made it listenable. So thank you, thank you, thank you, and best of thanksgivings to you, Ian.
1: That's exactly right. Uh, we have let him out of his cage to return to his family for the last two weeks. So don't expect, <laughs> by, by this point in the show, you'll have already noticed that he did not have anything to do with this one. Uh, we are grateful for his work and uh, yeah. All right, Gregory, grateful for you. I love you. Love you. Roll Tide. Y'all be good.
0: I feel good about that. If it, I mean, if you can edit it, and it, 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 it sounds okay. Then I feel good
1: about it. Yeah. I'll see.